I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hey everybody, welcome on back to Oops! The Podcast. It's Francis. I'm joined as ever by my dear host, Julio Galaradio. God, Jesus. Julio Gallerati, how are you, pal? I'm doing better than you, apparently. Um, fumbling. <laughs> <laughs> and we have an amazing guest today. We are joined by the lovely Christina Hutchinson. You know her from Guys We Fucked. Christina, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. Good, good, good to have you here. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would be such a bad late night host. Um, so, Christina, thanks for being here as ever. Um we are uh, we're big fans. We had Corinne on the show uh, about a couple months ago, I think. Nice. And she only had the nicest things to say about you. Oh, that's nice. I think she. No, just kidding. <laughs> I, I, <hope laughs> I so. love Corinne. <laughs> um, but you guys, I consider guys we fucked to be the Lewis and Clark of sex positive uh, podcasts. Ooh. That's I've not heard that before, and that's probably my favorite one. That's I just came one. up. I'm with annoyed it. that that's coming out of a guy's mouth, but you you nailed it. Congrats! Well, and also, Lewis <laughs> and Clark one. were both men. Um, and true. They who, who was the woman that was Sacagawea? Sacagawea? Yeah, it was Sacagawea. Yeah, she helped them a lot. She did. She guided them a lot of the way. Yes, but to call you guys both Sacagaweas would not be enough credit. To yeah, your I, yeah, pioneering. yeah. No, I like that. I like that comparison. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I want to I want to ask you a little bit about about guys we fucked because mm-hmm. we've seen uh, such a pro- proliferation I think of uh, of women sex positive podcasts. Yes, um, namely uh, girls got to eat, mm-hmm. and we're huge fans of them. Mm-hmm. We've had both Ashley and Raina on the show, and now at my former employee Bar- Barstool, yeah. they've got a huge podcast. Call her daddy. Call her daddy, and obviously I think all three are different. Yeah. Um, especially call her daddy. It, it, it tends to get a little bit more, uh, I want to say pornographic. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. But I, I don't mean that in like a mean way either. They, they would, I think they would say that too. I've never listened to call her daddy, but what do you mean by pornographic? Are they like, they, I'm touching they, my titty right now. Yeah. They, I mean, it is Vulgar. take your dick out <laughs> like an hour and a half of, of blowjob technique. Oh like, yeah. That'd be a whole episode. Yeah. Oh, a whole episode. Wow. So they really go hard on, on. Yeah. Got it. Um, so they're they're unabashed yeah. in their you know sexualization of, of content, but uh, you guys are so much. You cover such a breadth of topics. Mm-hmm. Um, when you started your podcast, what what when was that? Was it like 2014 two thousand fourteen? Two thousand. It was December two thousand thirteen. Was the first episode. So, wow. but it was about almost six years ago. How quickly did it explode? We released the, we record, let's see. So December came out and then, and then maybe, <clears throat> I would say two weeks after the episodes, be, uh, you know, the podcast was live. Um, the Daily Beast wrote an article about us called the, um, the podcast too hot for iTunes. Mm. And because iTunes wouldn't accept us and they wouldn't tell us why but we were like, we get it. And, um, so Daily Beast used that as their headline and then they put it in their e-blast and then that made the podcast explode. That was, was the first press we ever got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, wow. That was the first piece of press we ever got. Wow. Uh, Did you was know they him. were writing it? Oh, yeah, friends. yeah. Okay. This guy Rich, he came. He knows Karen, and he came to New York Comedy Club or Stand Up New York to uh, to interview us. And we were like, "This is so cool!" And uh, that article, 
every time we get press, the first couple of years we did it, we would get pr- we've been in, covered in everywhere. So every time we got covered in a publication, it would like our audience would double. Wow. So that wow. was just like this giant domino effect. Cool. Chris, get on the uh, publication thing. You know, call up your friends at the magazines. This has just turned into into Francis just uh, getting advice <laughs> getting on how to make our podcast go. Well, need all the help. We can well done, get. pal. Well you done. You gotta have an angle, though. What's yeah. the angle? Well, our angle is mistakes. Mistakes. Well, Which that's good. You. That's relatable. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for teeing up our first topic. Absolutely. Oh, perfect! Wow. <laughs> You're the best. I've been host doing this for a while. Of our show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Christina, what, uh, in your career or or let's say, let's start with your podcast. Has there been a moment where you guys were, or you specifically were nervous about something that you'd said or something that you guys did that you thought, are we going to be able to get past this? Yes. A lot. Many, many times. I was nervous. I mean, every time we interviewed a guy, I fucked that was nerve wracking. Because then as the podcast got more popular and we would bring on a guy we fucked, people would message them, listeners trying to fuck them. And I was like, you know, I get it, but like, can you fuck someone else? Like, Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, that's crazy. So, so the last guy that I had on that I was sleeping with, I was, I was sleeping with him at the time was Dan Soder. And I was like, oh, man, I just, it had been a while since I had a guy that I fucked on because I dated somebody for seven years. And I, uh, uh, we had broken up. So I was nervous about that. And so Corinne just, she knew I was nervous. So before that episode aired during the intro of that, she was like, she's threatening our listeners. Like, if I find out one of you DMs your titties to Soder, <laughs> I'm going to find out where you live. I'm going to find out who your boyfriend is. And I'm going to fuck him. <laughs> and she really just went funny. on this rant. She was obviously <laughs> kidding. But like, um, so that's always nerve wracking. Saying things that are regrettable all the time about my parents, just personal stuff. Because mm-hmm. you forget, you do this for so long, you forget there's a mic. Totally. I forgot we were on a podcast like eight times since we started. Yes. It's just, it's just like, it's very disarming. I'm too comfortable in front of a microphone. It's that. And it's also not seeing the audience and, and forgetting that people actually listen to this stuff. Right. And for you guys, it's, it's a pretty significant number. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of yeah. people. Um, so wait, let me ask you a quick question about that. So you were hooking up with Soder at the time that you had him on the podcast? Um, I think, I don't know if we were hooking up at the time. We probably just stopped. Or maybe we just, uh, I don't, I don't know. I forget exactly, but I knew that I, that there was a possibility that people were going to like hit him up and I'm 100%. like, not having him on here. So, not that, that, but then at the Put same time, blast. I don't want him to not get pussy. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. that weird, like it's not his fault. Right. It's not their fault. Really? Stud. They're hot blooded women. Our fans are really attractive young women. Like a lot, a giant portion of our fans hmm. are really hot chicks to the point where every time we go to like the comedy store in LA, the wait staff there is mostly male and they're like, you can come back anytime you want. Like yeah, they yeah. love yeah. our audience because they're all just hot chicks right. who are very sexually confident and sexually explorative. And so, wow, what a great audience. Fun, yeah. fun bunch. It's really, really great. It's hot girls are just fucking great, man. I really like hot <laughs> girls. I agree. I mean, some of them are cunts, but the ones who yeah. aren't cunts, they're hot amazing. girls who aren't cunts are my favorite. They're my favorite. They just That's make me feel call. so great. Yeah. That's why yeah, they're great. Um, <laughs> LA girl, like I feel like LA comedy audiences are hotter to begin with. So you guys are bringing yeah. the cream of the crop of LA out. It just must be a spectacle. Mm. It's yeah, it's everywhere we go. Midwest, oh, especially the Midwest. We're like mm. a magnet for all the hotties. Midwest. Here's a question: <laughs> Do you think that when you bring on a guy that either you or Corinne have slept Fucked, with, yeah, uh, does that change 
the way that someone is listening, the way they think about the guy, does that incentivize them more to want to go after that guy? Yeah. That's exactly it. Is it because, because you, of you guys Yeah, present because them? we fucked them. And I, and I look, I'm go. not one to assume that because I think I'm a piece of crap. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have, like, Corinne has, like, a, re- a normal level of self-confidence that she she likes herself. I like myself, but I'm not, like, you're just trying to fuck him because I fucked him. But people straight up told us that. So, so you that's guys how are, we know. are kingmakers. Yes. Spirit animals. Yes. Yes. And when we do have, like... I mean, I was dating someone, like I said, for a real, most of the podcast. And so when we would have hot guys come on who were single, they would show me their DMs after they come on guys we fucked. And I'm like, oh my that's God. Crazy. Like, I'm honestly, I'm like, good for you, dude. That's- yeah. <laughs> but, but that's a slightly different thing, right? Because well, they're seeing this man, this hot, funny man in the light, and he's talking to two women and we're getting things out of him that women want to hear him right. talk he's about. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Sensitive. We make people feel very comfortable being vulnerable. And I love that. I got it. So they're so in their best light. Then that to me makes me think that it, it, it's just the fact that you guys are so good at presenting your guests that regardless of whether or not you've fucked them, they're going to get some kind of reaction from your female audience. Yeah, we're good. Well, we're good. We're good at making our guests feel comfortable. That's the number one. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the outcome when it's a hot single guy is their DMs get filled up with hot girl DMs. Right. Um, but also we had like Amanda Knox on. And cool. we, I asked that's, her when she, awesome. if she masturbated in prison and I was like, I, I knew I wanted to ask her that question, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get to a point in the interview that's where I'm question. comfortable enough where it feels okay. But I, I will. And it was one of the last, I think it was one of the last things I asked her. Did she, she handle said? it? Okay. Yeah. She said she learned to masturbate in prison wow. and there was only a five minute span once a night where there was no guard walking past her cell. And I was like, damn dude. Damn. Yeah. That's that's survival. You have to your brain you're or else you're going to kill yourself. You have to have something. The window, the masturbation window. Yeah. I watched her uh her documentary. I think I it was watched on, it too. on it Netflix. Was on Netflix? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I it was one of those things She's where She's smart. Yeah. She's a smart motherfucker. That story had gone so viral, but I I didn't understand the particulars of it. Yeah. And it was really the A lot of slut shaming involved. And, and in also that. just the Italian legal systems like they're so old fashioned yeah. and, and it's not oh, yeah. clunky, you know, innocent until proven guilty not at, at all. all. No, she had them. a time. Yeah. That was wild. So to be able to talk to her about that, like that's, that's what I think that's, that's the magic of when Corinne and I are together. Mm. We can make anybody talk about anything, but not in a, in a manipulative way, but in right. like a, people always are like, wow, I really didn't think I was going to talk about that, but right. I felt very comfortable. I'm like, is there ever a moment when you have a guest on it? Because it's not all just guys that you have. Fucked. Certainly not. Yeah. At one point, was it? Uh, yeah. For the first like four months, three or four months. Yeah. And then we had to branch out. Yeah. Because there were other there, are we there's still guys for each of us that haven't come on the podcast. Ooh, that I either don't want to because mm-hmm. they're not a public person and I get that or I don't want them to come on. Got mm-hmm. it. So I would have to think that. To bring someone on your podcast that you've been so intimate with and to have it go well is a real testament not only to you but also to that guy because yeah. I, I can't... Soder's a great example of that. That yeah. interview was so fun and interesting and it right. was great. And I was like, look at us being mature. Mm. <laughs> Fucking good for us. Does it ever go so well that it makes you mad? Um, well, you, Like I wish I was still dating the guy? You're like... You're like well, I, I expected him to be more affected by, you know, this. No, not, and... that's not something I would ever think. No, no, I wouldn't. No, if it goes really well, I get, I'm really happy. Well, what, if, does it ever go so well that you end up having sex again? Um, 
no. Well, we interviewed Chris <laughs> Stefano again. Um, and we, when we first came on the podcast, we had not had sex. And then when he came on a second time, we had already had sex, oh. but it, it was, it was awkward, the sex. And he talked about it on his podcast with me on it. And it was very uncomfortable. I was like, wow, this is a weird conversation oh, to God. have. But it's also the nature of my fucking thing. And, um, so he came on again and the, the interview was so good and he's so cute and flirty and like charming and adorable and funny that <laughs> I was going to text him like when was again and he texted to me first and I was like yeah we never did but like that was the only time I was like you're so charming let's <laughs> just second try that's fun yeah wow guys if you're thinking about starting a podcast fill in the blanks here if I were in a concert right now and I said if you're thinking about starting a podcast I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. One thing I will say, I was thinking about you and Corinne the other day because I'm envious about the fact that you have such a great name for the people who listen to your podcast. Oh, fuckers. Fuckers. Is the, fuckers. That is so great. And I was thinking if Francis and I could somehow do that. And we, we're we going to have to really think about it because oopsies, oopsies is not a good. <laughs> well, oopsies. actually, when I was writing my list, I was like, my oopsies. Yeah. <laughs> That's of the cute. things yeah. that I did yeah. that I fucked up on. I love That's that. That's nice at least. I like oopsies. I think it's cute. Yeah. What's up, oopsies? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not hey, fucking oopsie. oopsie. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You'd be like, yo, I'm fucking oopsie. Own it. Uh, that's kind yeah, of tight. Own your, own your oops. You cool with the tone. That's Absolutely. Kind of tight. Own your oops is a great phrase, like catchphrase. Uh, here's another question, really quick, before we get back into more of your oops, oopses. Um, yeah. Oopsies. Jeez. Oopsies. Um, the question I have is you guys made this incredible uh, dynamic shift into taking your podcast off of, you know, everywhere. Yeah. And signing up with Luminary. Yes. For a blockbuster deal yes. that was heralded high and low as a crowning achievement in podcasting. Mm -hmm. um, since then, you guys are, are a couple, a year or two removed from that? A year. Are you enjoying the new format? Do you regret the fact that you have quarantined your podcast a little bit behind a paywall? Oh, God, not at all. I am so happy. Here's why we did it. That decision took an entire year for us to think on. We thought about they approached us a year before we signed the contracts because we were like, you know, it took us two years to have ads on the podcast because we didn't want to sell out. Right. Um, but then by the time we just said yes to Luminary, um, we'd already met with the company multiple times. The CEO, I was like, OK, he's not weird. He actually is like a cool young dude who really gives a shit about podcasting, really nerds out on it. And I like I like. I listen to a lot. We listen to a lot of same podcasts, this guy and I. And so um, I like the other podcasts that were going to be exclusive to the network because I'm like, well, if I wanted to sign up, what else am I getting? You know, like I wanted to make sure that I would be really enthusiastic about the choice. One of the main reasons that we did it was because we felt like just anybody could listen to the podcast at any moment at any time. And that was because that was the case. And I would be getting text messages, phone calls from exes, from friends, from comments, just just like you said this and were you talking about me and and I'm like oh my god fucking everybody relax and it became and we would have guys on and they would just get like even our ex-boy like I broke up with my boyfriend of seven years 
And the next week, he told me 12 girls DM'd him, DM'd him trying to fuck. And I was oh, like, God. dude, just wait like a month. Like, I don't yeah. care. I've, I don't claim him, but like, I'm still so heartbroken over him. And it's really at the time. I'm very happy now. But like, I was so sad. And that just sucked. And I'm like, this is getting out of hand because we're taking our most secret, vulnerable instances in our lives and our thoughts and our feelings about shit. And we're airing it out for everybody to listen to at any time to throw back in our face, it felt like. So if you're listening on Luminary, that means you want to be listening. And ever since we made the switch, all the listeners have, they've all let us know, like, you like doing this podcast more. Like, they hear it in our voice and mm -hmm. based off of how honest, again, we are about everything. Right. Um, so that's the main reason we did the switch. Uh, and it's so much more enjoyable to do Guys We Fuck now. Ugh. That's great. And, and everything we, else we is We talk wraps, about right? shit. What? So all the old episodes are gone? Uh, no. The old episodes you could still listen to. Okay, okay. Yeah, you could still listen to it for free. Um, I think anywhere. They, Luminary was going to do that you could only listen to it on the app, but I'm pretty sure anywhere has all hundreds gotcha, gotcha. of episodes. Um, but man, uh, we're more honest now than we ever were. And it feels better because it doesn't feel like we have like snipers waiting to like right. tell on us. Okay, so awesome. Now, on to the oops. Oopses. Oh, yeah. Which one do you what want? What you got? Christina well, was kind so, enough to make a nice list for us. Yeah. Well, these are just, this is just dumb shit I did. Have you ever been fired? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have. I would have fired as uh, a hostess at this Italian restaurant across from Lincoln Center because I didn't wear ma enough makeup. And I was like, fuck you. I know that I restaurant. Wish yeah, what's his name? Let's call him I out. don't know, but it's the one where everybody goes before it's the very ballet. Yep, it's very I fancy. I went with my parents. Wow. It's very oh, good. Is it really fancy? It's maybe, really maybe it's fancy that, Italian. It's on the Broadway or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I it's right across called. from what's Lincoln Center. Well, Christina. I don't know. If it's so fancy, I mean, it sounds like you should have been wearing I was makeup. wearing makeup. <laughs> <laughs> you cunt. <laughs> That's exactly you that. like that office uh, office space moment where she, Jennifer Aniston doesn't wear enough flair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what that makes me yeah. think of. Um, yeah, I got fired from that. I got fired uh, from Texas Roadhouse. Um, service industry, not my thing. Um, In New York? No, in Pennsylvania. Oh. Is there even a Texas Roadhouse here? Probably no, not. No, I wish. Oh. They have the best cinnamon butter. Um, How yeah. old were you? 19. Wow. What I were spilled, you doing? I spilled soda on every other customer. Were you a college student? <laughs> yes. Where were you going? Penn State. Parkinson's? Nope, nope. Nope. I, I couldn't yell anything. I was just nervous. Mm. I was just really nervous. Spilling soda. On, 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 on men's laps. It was always a guy. <laughs> I never spilled it on a woman. Did they turn it into like a sexual thing or were they just angry? No, they were mad. Jesus. They were mad at me. Hmm. Um, so Free maybe if I was wearing more makeup, they think I'd hot. They I was hot and they turned into a sexual thing, but they weren't. They were mad. Um, I got fired from that, and then that was it. Yeah, that was it. I getting yeah. fired really affects me. If me I do too. poorly on anything, I get really upset. Hmm. Um, do you want me to go over some oopsies? Yeah, let's hear get some of there. your great mistakes. So. Um, one time I was standing outside the comedy cellar and there was a fire drill and Russell Peters was standing next to me and I go, oh, are you a comic? <laughs> That's and he got good. really mad at me. Really? Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then Corinne elbowed me in the gut and I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's a yes. Um, <laughs> um, I ate it at the first time I ate an edible in San Francisco. A fan gave it to us and I got, I had such a big panic attack on the plane that I, I almost got us kicked off the plane. I'm going to pause you for one second. I heard that three out of five people who uh, endure panic on and fear of flying mm -hmm. um, are is stems from a bad edible experience that they had on the plane. Really, the doctor told me that. Wow, yeah. I was already afraid of flying before the edible. Yeah, um, I, because nine eleven. 
just ever since I know I was glued to the videos of those planes crashing in the tower that the next time I boarded a plane that was the only image I had of a plane like for like burned into my brain so I was just convinced we were gonna die every time I went on a plane yeah edibles Um, are just a risky thing to begin with yeah my girlfriend doesn't know this and I hope I mean she's gonna listen to this and hear it but I was like, I have a this bunch is of- how you know if she listens to your podcast or not. Right, I know she does listen. But oh, okay, I'm That's sorry. Nice. I'm sorry. Um, she, I, for her birthday party, I was like, should I bring these edibles to your party? She's like, no, don't do that. And, and I was did. like, it'll be fun. I'll tell them not to take it. It'll be fine. So I brought them. I'll tell everybody not to eat them and then just watch them. <laughs> and, well, anyway, I gave them all out. This one guy who I brought to the her party, mind you. Oh, I saw this guy. Did you? Did you the tell people they were edible? No, no, no. This is the oh, year sorry, before. Sorry. They knew they were ingesting an edible? No. So I was like, don't take oh, this oh. now. Oh, okay. And he goes, okay. Then at the end of the night, we're out. We're having a great time. He gets kicked out. And then he's on the side. He's lying on the sidewalk, puking into a gutter. Uh-oh. And we're like, I, we can't just leave him here. This is my friend. She doesn't even know him. Yeah. And we're taking care of him. We're taking care of him. The police come over. The police start saying, what did you guys, what did you do to him? We're like, excuse what me? What the fuck? It becomes this whole thing. And eventually he ends up, an ambulance ends up coming and he goes to the hospital and he ends up being fine. And two weeks later, he's like, dude, I shouldn't have taken that edible. I was like, dude, I told you not to take the whole thing. He goes, dude, I was wasted. Obviously, I'm going to take it. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. See, that's that's when you learn that like a giant bite of a cookie is way too much Mm -hmm. when it's an edible cookie. It's way too much. Truly only supposed to have a crumb, like really just a little morsel. Well, th- this is why I, I've actually become a big edible person because now with the chocolate bars and whatnot, mm-hmm. you have an actual idea of the dose that you're taking. Yeah. Yeah. When you buy them like that, you know, from yeah. a place. Right. Where my, Whereas in college, my friend Alex had a rice cooker and right. he would make like globs of cookie dough yeah. and be like, here you go. There's no medical. Just crumble no it into your hand. You're like, well, how, <laughs> how much is this? He's like, I don't know. Five hours. <laughs> I'm like I have shit to do today. I have a paper I need to write. I yeah I when I took that edible, I was in a terminal of the airport with Corinne, and she was it didn't kick in yet, and she was like, hey, "I'm gonna go to Starbucks. You want anything?" I'm like, "Yeah, chai latte." So she leaves, and then I'm in the thing, and then all of a sudden I was like, "I'm gonna die. I'm mm. gonna die. I'm gonna die. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. Oh my god, I'm gonna die." And I started sweating, crying, snotting. And I texted Corinne. I'm like, you're going to kill me, dude. You're going to kill me. I ate a piece of that edible that the fan gave us. And she was like, you ate that? I fucking ate that the other night and I thought I was going to die. Like, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, I don't. She goes, she goes, I legit thought I was going to die. I'm like, you could have called somebody. She's like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I'm like, oh my God, you are so (laughs) so fatalistic. So goth. Living it. I'm like, Corinne, you should have come to my room. She's like, I mean, if that was the end for me, that was the Mm. end for me. I'm like, wow. Um, Writing notes. So, and then the, the, and then, all of the there the people like we are in the terminal and she comes back and she's like I took the edible too I had the same reaction don't worry you're not gonna die don't and I was like no but I'm pretty sure I am it was weird I've never felt this feeling since and I've done edible since then um, where I'm like I I felt like a bomb was coming towards me I mm. could that's the only way I can describe it and then there was this little girl in uh like there was these uh, this Muslim family and they were really sweet and they had all these like cute little babies with them and they were in the burkas but they were like one of them looked over and I. Th- I thought she looked over at me like that, like a, like a, mm, but she was just looking at me because I was screaming and crying. <laughs> and I was like, what does she want? Oh my God. And then this little girl comes over and she looks at me and she tilts her head back and she just stares at me. And I'm like, Corinne, that's happening, right? Is that happening? She's like, I don't think she's ever seen a grown woman cry, Christina. And I was like, oh my God. And then there were 
there were at least four severely handicapped people in wheelchairs, severely like atrophied, like, uh, you know, and if you're that high and they, it just, it was bad. Everything seemed like a thing. Everything seemed like the, yeah, like mm. it was like uh, trying to attack me. Damn. And it wasn't. It's amazing. That's why I hate edibles. Yeah, everybody, everybody it was so bad. has a pretty spooky edible story. That one's flying is tough. I, I, I like to fly. I'll take a red eye and I do like to take an edible. I do that now, but now I know me... not to take crack edibles. Yeah. Though. Sleep. You know? Yeah. 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 That's, I have to fly sober or I wake up like feeling horrible. Oh yeah. People drinking in the airport. I do not understand it. Oh, I did that the first couple of times because I had a fear of flying. It was bad. Mm. Did but you drink... feel like shit after though? No. No. And also the drinking didn't help. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to waste, waste <laughs> that. May I ask you an interesting question? You may. Do you uh, drink to this day? Yeah. Great. A lot of comedians don't. Oh, yeah. No, I'm fun. And I don't get tanked. That's the thing. There there are very few comedians I know that can exist in that middle ground. Alcohol. No, I have an Adderall problem. Had an Adderall problem. So it's I'm not like clear of substance abuse, but alcohol was never an issue. What is an Adderall problem? Um, taking 70 milligrams of Adderall a day. Well, that's a lot. Wow. Yeah. Do you still take it? No. <laughs> Zero. No. Zero. 70. I a have lot. a couple pills in my desk in my house just so like, I don't know, like the idea that I could take it if I want it is what helps me stay off of it. Oh, enough. the Were you taking two thirties and a 10 or something? Yeah. Instant? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you take Adderall too. I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you got the XR and the instant release. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I, on Vivance for a while. Yeah. Ooh, that was a fun dance with the I, devil. I was just picturing you cutting a big slice of Adderall cake. Yeah. And eating that, and I was nope. like, "That's no, we don't eat cake when we're on Adderall. It makes you not hungry." No, right? Yeah. I take it, but I take a very, I take a controlled dose. I've been yeah. taking the same amount for a long time. Yeah, well, mm. that's normal then. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. I was taking too much. That's crazy because mm. you yeah. you chase the dragon with Adderall. You absolutely do, and I was always tired. I have Lyme's disease, mm. and I I don't know if that's why I'm always tired, but uh, I'm just always tired. Like I never was able to stay out late. My friends would always make fun of me. And when I discovered Adderall, I was like, "This is." This is, I'm the king of the world. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And, well, man, speaking of, it makes you so crazy. Fucking Hitler gave the Nazis methamphetamines That's when they right. were fighting in World War II. And that is why their army was so ill-equipped to beat the French army. And they beat them because they were basically on meth. I just That's saw crazy. that in the World Fucking War II nuts. doc. Yeah, no, it's on the Netflix one, the colors. Yeah, yeah, color. yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. It, well, I've known that for a while because I wanted to do an episode of my podcast on Adderall addiction because I'm fine talking about it. I wasn't for a while because when you're embarrassed to talk about it, that's how you know, like, oh, I'm an addict. That's why. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I did research on it and I was like, the Nazis took Adderall yeah. <laughs> to be yeah. Nazis. Yeah. This there is not was, a good drug. It was an over-the-counter drug that they that, yeah. that they had. Penzotone, I think yeah, it was called. Yeah, right. And it was like, it was meth. Yep. That's what it was. Yeah. So and good. they did they that's why they were able to charge through three days no sleep. Yeah. Wow. The tank drivers. Yeah. All those people. So, okay. Unbelievable. Wow, that was a lot of good stuff. <laughs> Are there any is there anything else on there that uh you had that you thought was particularly juicy? Um I the my first ever night in New York, I I think you could technically say I got kidnapped my first night out in New York by oh a club promoter. Let's hear what about happened? that. I want to hear that. Story. My friend and I this girl Ashley that I'm still good friends with today she's like this I met her the first day of school before school started when we both moved into the transfer dorms at Marymount Manhattan and she was like I know a club promoter let's go out and I was like okay and we got wasted and uh 
this club promoter came up to us and asked if we like karaoke. We're like, yeah, oh my God, I love it. And um, he's like, let's go to do karaoke. And we get in his car. And I was like, okay. And then we start driving over a bridge. We were in the we were at Marquis in the meatpacking district. Oh, yeah. And then we start driving over a bridge. And I was like, wait, what? And the guy was like, oh, we're going to go to go into my house to do a karaoke. And Ashley and I were both 19. We're like, Ain't, this guy is like 50. And we're like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, it'll be fine. Just sing one song and then I'll let you go. And I was like, oh, no, it's not good. Our phones died. And uh, we went to his house. I think we were in Queens. It was my first night in New York, so I don't really. But it was free, a freestanding house. It was mm. like suburbia. And, um, and we went into his living room. And he put on Don't You Wish Your Girlfriend Was Hot Like Me by the Pussycat Dolls. And we both sang that song crying in his living room because we thought we were about to die. <laughs> oh my my first night in New York. He's like, sing the song. Yeah, that's what he said. Don't he said, sing. Like, <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly. Like me. I uh-huh. wonder if that is a thing that has gotten out yet about a guy who systematically was taking girls to his house. But he didn't do anything to us. Sing that. Yeah, thank God. It's it was the fetish. weirdest thing. And his living room only had a couch that looked like it, w- it was in like the lobby of a La Quinta Inn. And then a- just that couch and then a karaoke machine. And it was a giant living room. It was weird. How'd you get home? Um, I don't remember. I have no idea. Because we didn't have, I mean, we, I guess we had money. I don't, but I don't know if we had a cap. I have no idea. God, that's scary. This is probably pre-Uber times, I imagine. Yeah, 100%. Your phones were dead. This was in 2007. Oh, my wow. God. Yep. Damn. Damn. Unreal. Yep. Well, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. In, in in Actually, I don't have a question. <laughs> what thought, happened? I, I don't know. I feel like we've covered so much. I, I, uh, I was about to ask a question that I felt like I've already kind of asked her. Oh, but yeah. I didn't want, and I didn't want to be redundant. Well, co- the club thing—that whole like—that sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. Like, I know yeah. this club promoter. Like, we're gonna go out. You know what I mean? And oh, we did that a lot at the beginning. Yeah, I used to do that. That scenario. It was fun. Is when you're dangerous. 19, you're like, I, I, you feel the freest yeah. ever in a club in New York City, and you're hot 19 year old, and you're getting fucking liquor for free. And there's oh, just yeah. a, my friend made out with Nickelback, Chad Kroger from Nickelback once. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> this is the best. Nickelback was like fucking killing it then. Yeah. Too. yeah, they still are, I guess. My uh, junior summer of college, I was in New York doing an internship and living at my aunt's house, and she was gone for the whole summer. Where'd she live? In the West Village, oh, they have sorry, like a four-story oh, four yes. townhouse like on Jane Street or Perry some shit? Street. Oh, Perry's a yeah. good street. So was, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought she lived on Horatio. Whatever. I love the West Village. My favorite. Yes. Neighborhood. So I was just there with with this domain, and uh, I would go out four or five nights a week. Yep. And a lot of the time, I'd go to the meatpacking district because someone would know a promoter, and mm-hmm. you'd go in and you'd get your free, you know, jug of vodka and yep. cranberry juice yep and wake up the next morning and go to work and be like dead yeah but yep. you get you past it because you, you get past it 20 yeah 100 percent. and you know what's funny i remember in high school being like I, I did some online thing that told me how many people i was gonna have sex with in my life <laughs> and it's wait it's, wait what that sounds fun i was a virgin i it said three and i was so upset for years oh my God. you took it a- you took that to heart. I, it was in the back of my head at all times. Oh my Anytime god! Anytime I fucked up or like, it was really tragic and sad. <laughs> and I remember being like, "I'm never gonna," you know, in high school, I never was getting, I was never getting girls, whatever. I was like, "I'm never gonna be able to." How do people do this? Aww. And I remember the first time I went to one of those clubs, and I was like, "Oh, all you have to do 
is be there. Yeah. Dude, my friend calls it B T and E. What's that mean? Be tall and exist. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you gotta do. Dude, I be tall and exist. Girl, it's on you or you just uh, d- the less you do, the better off you are. Well, yeah, the less talking. That's yeah. true. That's very true. If you get invited to that dinner table somehow. You're gonna get to fucking canoodle, dude. Wow, it's incredible. And then all of a sudden, and everybody's so wasted. The amount of insane, regrettable—not necessarily regrettable, but regrettable in the sense that you would not have ever done it sober sex—that happens in that instant. Yeah, yeah, it's really remarkable. Yeah, 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 because you feel so young and dumb and free, and fuck it, you know, like Kesha, Christina, (laughs) Kesha. Like early Kesha. Early Kesha. Yeah, not Timber. You mentioned that you've said things on your podcast where you forget that you're talking about real people that you know. Yeah. And that it has offended them or hurt your relationship maybe. Mm-hmm. What is an example, without na- whatever, naming names, of like the worst time that you really went over the line? Uh, well, it was it was the with my ex. Um, he didn't start listening to guys. He thought guys who fucked was a bad idea. Uh, when I told him about it, I was like, Corinne and I have this idea for this podcast. It's called Guys Who Fuck Weird. And he's like, mm, that's dumb. And I was like, no, it's not. And uh, so we did it anyway. And then about three months into the podcast being out, that's when he started listening to it. And I had already divulged. Because <laughs> him and he kind of taught me how to like be really good at communicating with like sexual stuff, sexual needs, emotional needs. And um, it got me to be really honest about what I wanted. And I was kind of excited about this newfound tool that I had. Um, a way of communicating about this stuff. So I would say like he likes his ass licked and all this stuff that on the podcast that he likes. And there was one day where he listened to like three week, three months worth of episodes in one day. And he was just texting me, yelling at me all day. Like, you fucking said that. That was like the first time we ever almost broke up. Oh my God. <laughs> Cause he was really upset. And I was like, that's fair. That's fair. Is Didn't it, ask you that I could talk about that. Right. If I could talk about that. Was it easy to figure out who he was? Yeah. Not net anymore. Got it. Yeah. And I blocked him. He tried to sue us. So, you know. Wow. Whoa. And this is pre-conventional pod wisdom existing. Like, this being an obvious thing wasn't a thing yet. Right. Exactly. And we didn't think anybody was going to listen. Right. Right. So that's why I was just blabbing on. (laughs) Yeah. It's cr- the idea of having to prepare for if something does extremely well. Is you such have an no thing. idea, and whenever something does well, you never think it's going to, or you never like know it's going to. You really don't. Right. It takes you by surprise, and you're like, "Oh fuck, I said all this shit." The first the, the first press piece that came out, the Daily Beast, I had a panic attack because I was like, "Oh my god, people are going to be listening to me talk about really intimate things." Oh, yeah. But, Worked you know, out. You just get over it because you have to. <laughs> well, very good, uh, Christina. <laughs> we- <laughs> We had so much fun with you. It, yeah. it, it's such a pleasure to Committed have you. Crimes. <laughs> guys, you can find her podcast on Luminary. It is, of course, Guys We Fucked with our dear friend Corinne Fisher. Mm-hmm. Where can we find you on social media? Ooh, Christina Hutch on all social media. And I have my own podcast that's on all the platforms that I really like because I'm weird on it. What's that one? It's called The Voices in Our Heads. And I, it's so fucking weird. And it's available everywhere. And I want to, yeah, I definitely want to promote that. Awesome. awesome. Check that out. Thanks for joining us as ever at Oops the Podcast. I'm at Francis C.C. Ellis. He is at Not Julio. We will see you next week. See you guys. Adios.